Thank you for joining us today. This is Expository Insights with Pastor Lyle Wall. This weekend is Thanksgiving here in Canada. We are going to think about Remember to Remember as we explore Deuteronomy chapter 8, which will help and encourage us to remember and be thankful. Thanksgiving comes with more than this weekend's gatherings, worship, food, and football. It also comes with memories. Most are pleasant, while some may be unpleasant, and others are a nondescript blur. My family has been scattered throughout North America as education and then work and ministry took us in different directions. I remember one of the last Thanksgivings decades ago while we were still in the same city. Dad and Mom, my brother and sister, and myself. It was special. Somehow, Dad convinced Mom to go to the mountains with the trailer. We weren't into camping, especially Mom. The trailer was nice. Dad picked it up after the World's Fair in Seattle from a company that mistakenly thought they could make a lot of money renting out new trailers to tourists as an alternative to hotels and motels. Dad used it mostly as a base camp for hunting. The weather that Thanksgiving was good, and Mom baked a turkey and complete Thanksgiving feast in the trailer. It was a memorable time of getting away and being together as a family. It certainly was what used to be called a Kodak moment, although I don't have any pictures of it. Memories Let's think about remembering. Specifically, remember to remember as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. The time was 1,400 years before Christ was born. The last months both of Moses' life and Israel's wandering in the wilderness. They were camped in Moab, east of the Promised Land. Deuteronomy gives us the final series of addresses Moses gave to the people about the law and their covenant with God. They had been through so much since leaving Egypt 40 years earlier. Forty years of God leading, providing, and protecting, correcting, and disciplining them. Forty years of Israel following, complaining, and rebelling. They were a young nation as they stood ready to move into the land God promised to give them. Early in the journey they rebelled, and so the God imposed forty years in the wilderness. God's judgment also included that no people other than Joshua and Caleb, who were adults at the time of leaving Egypt, would live to enter the land. So now only the children at the time of the Exodus and those born on the way would enter their land. God tells them through Moses, Remember. Remember to remember all that you have seen all that God has promised and commanded, all that he has done for you. Verse 2. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years. Verse 11 states it from the negative. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God 
by failing to keep his commandments. Remember and be thankful. Looking broadly throughout the book of Deuteronomy, Moses told the people to remember 14 times, to remember God and his commands, to remember what he had done. That was Israel 3,400 years ago. The principle of remembering and being thankful to God we find in Deuteronomy chapter 8 applies to us today. The starting point of remembering is who to remember. The first one, the most important one to remember, is God. I don't imagine that surprises any of us. That is the starting point in this chapter. It may have seemed as obvious to Israel then as it does to us now. Who are we to remember? God, of course. But even though a majority of people in North America say they believe in God, many do not believe in a personal God, let alone the one and only true God. You may recall that one of the co-founders of Apple, with all their computers and phones, was Steve Jobs. He died from pancreatic cancer in 2011 at the age of 56. It was reported that he followed Zen Buddhism. There is no personal God in the various forms of Buddhism. God is the great unknowable. The goal is to look within yourself to gain a state of enlightenment and so be absorbed into a cosmic consciousness. As a Zen master, Jobs New said, The real purpose of the practice of Zen is to discover the wisdom which you have always been keeping within you. To discover yourself is to discover wisdom. We know from the Bible that God is wise and the source of all true wisdom. Job testified, Wisdom and might are with God. Advice and understanding belong to Him. The Bible also tells us that the fear, the reverence of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. As Moses began to speak to Israel in chapter 1 here in Deuteronomy, he said, The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb. It is the God of the Bible, the one and only true, eternal, personal God we are to remember. God, of whom the first words of Scripture say, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, who is sovereign, the psalm writer tells us, is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. God, who tells us through the Apostle John that he is love. God who is, as King David wrote, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness and truth. God who you can always count on because he is faithful and never changes. Yes, remember God, who he is, what he is like, what he has commanded, what he has done through history. Yes, he is the God, but more, 
If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, God the Son, as your Savior, He is your God. Go to verse 2 here in chapter 8. You shall remember all the way which the Lord, your God, has led you in the wilderness these forty years. Moses refers to God as the Lord, your God, ten times in the twenty verses of this chapter. More than that, he calls the people's attention to God with this description 271 times in the 34 chapters, or 959 verses, of this book. That is over 60% of the occurrences of this phrase in the Old Testament. Now, Moses did not get stuck in a stylistic rut. The Holy Spirit did not stutter. It's not just here in Deuteronomy. The phrase, my God, occurs over 140 times in the Bible. The phrase, the Lord, our God, occurs over 90 times. And the phrase, our God, occurs over 200 times. God wanted Israel and us to zero in on, to ingrain into our minds the truth that he is our God. Eternal, almighty, holy, righteous God is our God. He is, through faith in Christ, our Father. We are his children. He is and always will be with us, and we with him. Remember to remember. He is your God. There are some specific things in this chapter that God told Israel and tells us to remember about him and ourselves, some of the what and how to remember. First, they were to keep his commandments. Let's go over the first verses of the chapter. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do so that you may live and increase, and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, in order to humble you, putting you to the test, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Now drop down to verse 6. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. God said, Be careful to do, to keep his commandments. The word keep used here has the core idea of being careful, to exercise great care, to watch or guard. This direction is a repeated theme in Deuteronomy. It expresses the deep desire of God for his people. Turn back to chapter 5, verse 29, where God says of Israel, If only they had such a heart in them, to fear me and keep all my commandments always, so that it would go well with them and with their sons forever careful obedience. 
not empty, mindless obedience, but obedience that flows from a reverence for God, knowing that He is good, that His desires and plans for us are good. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And if anyone loves me, he will follow or keep my word. In the next chapter, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Why does it at times seem to be easy not to keep God's commandments and difficult to keep them? For example, God's directions for the kind of people we are to be. As Jesus told us, poor in spirit, or seeing ourselves as spiritually bankrupt, to mourn over our sin, to be gentle, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to be a peacemaker. It can be difficult to remember and keep these and other qualities because they are countercultural in our fallen and sinful world and alien to our natural fallen nature. How we need to remember to obey God's commands. Then, too, we are to remember God's way of leading us. Moses lists just a few of the events in Israel's past 40 years. God brought them out of Egypt, verse 14. He led them through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and its thirsty ground where there was no water, verse 15. Still in verse 15, he provided water for them. He allowed them to be hungry and fed them, verse 3. Verse 4, he kept their clothes from wearing out. And in that same verse, he kept their feet from swelling as they constantly moved about in the wilderness. He did all of this and so many more wonderful things for them. God has done many wonderful things for us. How many do you remember in the last 40 years? if you've lived that long? How many do you remember of the last year, since last Thanksgiving? How many do you remember of the last month, the last week? God is the promise keeper. He always keeps all his promises. You have experienced people not keeping promises to you. The depths of your disappointment, shock, and even anger, were probably in direct proportion to the closeness of the relationship and significance of the promise. You also probably remember promises that you have not kept. God is not like us. He always keeps all his promises. He is the perfect promise keeper. Psalm 145 tells us, the Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Joshua, who succeeded Moses in leading Israel, 
and led them into the land and its conquest, looked back over all of that, all of those years, and testified, Not one of the good promises which the Lord has made to the house of Israel failed. Everything came to pass. That is the way God is. That is who He is. He never changes. The events have lessons that go beyond themselves. God mentions some aspects of His leading here in Deuteronomy chapter 8. God led them and leads us according to His promises. In verse 1, He speaks of the land which the Lord swore, that is, promised, to give to their forefathers. Then in verse 18, he reminds them that God gives them power to make wealth in order to confirm his covenant which he swore to their fathers. Just as God led them by his promises, so he leads us by his promises. You can count on it if you remember it. What promises? The ones stated in the Bible. The most foundational is the promise of eternal life with God through Jesus Christ. The Apostle John made the straightforward statement, This is the promise which he himself, Christ, made to us. Eternal life. God promises to be with you in all your troubles and trials. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God promises, Philippians chapter 1 tells us, that he will complete the good work he started in you when you placed your faith in Christ. God promises that no one and nothing can take you away from him, from your forever relationship with him. And that's just for starters. As Paul declared, as many as the promises of God are, in Christ they are yes. Then God also leads us by providing for our needs. We know, and I mentioned earlier, some of the many needs that God met for Israel as they left Egypt, wandered in the wilderness, and then came into the land. What about you and me? Remember God's word through Paul. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. As long as God wants us on earth, he will provide all that he knows we need. God also leads us to test and develop our character, our dependence on him, our humility. Go to verse 2 again. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, in order to humble you, putting you to the test, 
to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Again, in verse 16, In the wilderness it was he who fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, in order to humble you and in order to put you to the test to do good for you in the end. God knows our character. Through the Holy Spirit, he works at testing us, humbling us, not to humiliate us or grind us into the dirt, but to develop deep faith and dependence on him. His goal always is, as verse 16 states, our good. Our immediate response to God's testing us is not always joy-filled trust, is it? But remember, just as with Israel, God's purpose is to develop character and our dependence on Him, our humility before Him. Psalm 78 tells us, God led His own people out like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them safely so that they did not fear but the sea engulfed their enemies. So he brought them to his holy land, to this hill country which his right hand had gained. Then, in light of this and so much more, Moses told the people that they were to bless God, that is, to declare that God is good, faithful, and loving, to give him their heartfelt praise and worship. Moses would not go with them into the land, and so he made the point clear in verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. About a thousand years later, as Nehemiah led people back from exile to Jerusalem to build the walls, the Levites had a great assembly of the people, calling out to them, Arise, bless the Lord your God forever and ever. That began a long recitation of praise to God, beginning with the call of Abraham to the people coming into the land, life in the land, and exile. Psalm 100, verse 4, states this succinctly. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and his courtyards with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. God is so good. We are so blessed. How can we not bless, speak well of, praise, and thank him? In the words of the chorus, How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Remember to bless, to speak well of, to sing and shout his praise, to thank him. We have looked at who to remember, as well as what 
and how to remember. It is fair to ask, why? Why is it important to remember God, His commands, how He leads us? Why is it important to remember, bless, praise, and thank God? Let's start with the downside, some dangers of not remembering. God has made both conditional and unconditional promises. His unconditional promises do not depend on us keeping conditions. For example, God told Israel in Judges chapter 2, I will never break my covenant with you. The conditional promises are based on us keeping the conditions. Turn back to chapter 7, here in Deuteronomy, verse 12. Then it shall come about, because you listen to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep his covenant with you and his faithfulness, which he swore to your forefathers. The following verses list some of the conditional blessings. God's promise of salvation is conditional in that it is for anyone and all who truly believes in Jesus. Romans chapter 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For Israel to enjoy and thrive in the land, they had to remember God. If they did not, they would experience his discipline. There is a long list of blessings and curses in chapter 28. There is a summary back in chapter 4, starting at verse 23. So be careful yourselves, that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything against which the Lord your God has commanded you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When you father children and have grandchildren, and you grow old in the land, and you act corruptly, and make an idol in the form of anything, and do what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today, that you will certainly perish quickly from the land where you are going over the Jordan to take possession of it. You will not live long on it, but will be utterly destroyed." The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. There you will serve gods, the work of human hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell anything. To say the least, God is not pleased when people forget or ignore his commands and blessings. We are not the nation of Israel in the promised land, but the underlying principles are true. God continues to discipline his children today as he disciplined Israel. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are punished by him. For whom the Lord loves he disciplines, and he punishes every son whom he accepts.
Jesus told the church at Laodicea, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Now we move to the upside, some blessings from remembering. The chapter begins, All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, so that you may live and increase and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. The blessings of life and possessing the land. Let's go back to that listing of blessings in chapter 7, which I mentioned earlier. Verse 11. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which I am commanding you today, to do them. Then it shall come about, because you listen to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep his covenant with you, and his faithfulness which he swore to your forefathers. And he will love you, bless you, and make you numerous. He will also bless the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, your grain, your new wine, and your oil, the newborn of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock, in the land which he swore to your forefathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There will be no sterile male or infertile female among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will remove from you all sickness, and he will not inflict upon you any of the harmful diseases of Egypt which you have known, but he will give them to all who hate you. You shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord your God will turn over to you. Your eye shall not pity them, nor shall you serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. A key underlying principle that does not change, that is for us, is the goodness of God and his good purposes and plans for his people. God told Moses' successor Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and at night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will achieve success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The success is success in the marching orders, the ministry, the life that God gives us. It comes as we courageously remember and obey. God told Jews living in captivity in Babylon through the prophet Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. We see it in Romans chapter 12, where Paul wrote, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. 
And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Yes, today, tomorrow, every day, remember to remember. Remember God, your God, by keeping His commandments, remembering and relying on His way of leading you, and by blessing Him for the good He has given you. Our time and situation is much different, but the challenge is the same as 3,400 years ago. Moses presents it. See, I have placed before you today life and happiness, death and adversity, in that I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, so that you may live and become numerous, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not obey, but allow yourself to be led astray, and you worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you certainly will perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and take possession of it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, and by holding close to Him. For this is your life and the length of your days, so that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. There are only two options. We either choose life and prosperity, or death and adversity. Choose life and prosperity, full, meaningful, abundant life, and spiritual prosperity. If God is not really your God through faith in Jesus Christ, come to Him, confess your sins, and thankfully receive His gift of eternal life. If you are His child, remember, bless, thank, and praise Him today, every day. Bow with me in prayer. God, our amazing, faithful Father, Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for your steadfast love in who you are and what you do as you lead and provide for us. Forgive us for the times where we coast along and do not consciously remember your goodness and blessings. It is our commitment to remember and express our thankfulness each day, regardless of our circumstances. We pray in the loving, all-powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.